Happy Combine Week, Draft Crafters. It's Dan, it's JP, and it's the most wonderful week of the year, dude, because in a few days, well, they're probably already there, but in a few days, hundreds of young men will be running around and being evaluated, and uh, this is like, you know, the... uh, I don't know, it's like you talk about like when they did the Miss America and you put uh, the, the bikini stuff that everyone was always like not really cool with as we got more and more through the years. This is basically the equivalent of it. These guys are running around in shorts and a t-shirt and being picked and poked and prodded and shoved and questioned. And uh, it's it's got to be an intense week for all these players as they basically are proving whether or not they're worth millions of dollars to, to an NFL franchise. Yeah, it is. It's, I've always thought it looked a little awkward. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It feels strange. I mean, somebody's so obsessed with watching it when you put it that way. Mm-hmm. Look, some of these guys, let's be honest, some of these dudes look like they were meant to play football. And some of these guys, you question how they played football. It's just crazy. And again, the, the best example of anything combine related is forever and always going to be Tom Brady's picture in his shorts at the combine when he looked like. I don't know. And some the, sort of it's like a year. triple XL white T-shirt. That uh, oh yeah, and again, that was part of the style back then, but also really hilarious. Like I'm yep. not sure it, it wasn't doing him any favors. Put it that way. Uh, Tom Brady, not uh, not what anybody thought was going to be his career, but that's also the fun part of the evaluation process. We're guessing on what we think these guys are going to do for the next 10 to 15 years of their life. And obviously every guy who comes into that combine believes that they can hang at the next level. And we've been doing that going through every different position group. We're down to our last three pretty much here for these last two shows because there's one more on the offensive side of the ball than the defense. And we've ripped through everybody else on defense. So today it's the safeties. And I'm going to be honest with you, dude, this was probably the group that's going to have the most movement in it from where we are now to when it comes to draft day because I have so many questions about so many of these guys. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I don't know if it would be the the one I'd say to have the most movement for me, but if not the most, probably second most for sure. It's right up there, <laughs> I, you know, because there's some other ones I felt like I wanted to say that on, mm-hmm. but this one I feel like I want to say it again. So it's it's maybe that recency bias because I just did it and it was a struggle. But right, well, it's again. up there. Safeties are, are a weird breed, too, because of even more so than some other positions. Like, I think wide receiver is probably the biggest disparity of size and with guys because you have the 5'7", five, 5'8", five, dudes that are running around scat backs and, like, the 6'4", you know, guys who are more the, the you know, ex-wide receiver going down the field. But I feel like safeties, you got guys ranging from 5'8", to 6'5", and from, you know, 175 pounds to 230 pounds. So they're all over the place when it comes to size. And that obviously dictates the type of style of play they are. So evaluating these players is definitely going to be fun. But that being said, let's dive into it with the thing we've been starting with every time. How many safeties get drafted on average? And then who, who are we thinking is just outside of our 12-packs? Uh, this is one of the uh, positions that have gone up over the years. Mm-hmm. Like say, there's only I like that. everything only varies by one. Yeah, it makes sense too. I mean, today's NFL being a passing league, it's only natural mm-hmm. to run some extra defensive backs. So it has gone up to 20 from 19. Oh, okay. So there you go. <laughs> last five years has been 20. Uh, mm-hmm. The average since 2008 has been 19. But what's crazy is you go back to 2008 era right mm-hmm. so for 2008 15 9 21 and then uh 10 19 then 14 and then 19 so all way down mm-hmm. you look at the yeah. last like you look at the last handful of years they're pretty much all right around 20 which has gone mm-hmm. 
up from then, but what's really interesting to me is in the middle of this. So like 2012 to 2016, mm-hmm. there are two years where they're at 23 and two years where they're at 20. Like mm-hmm. So it's like it was low and it went way up and then it dropped a little <laughs> bit, but it's still higher. So, so we're hanging right around a 20-ish, guys. And, of course, we're not talking yep. about uh, 20 players today. We're talking about our 12-packs. But uh, give me a handful of names that didn't quite make the list for you. Well, the the guy that I was really hoping would make the list in a way, just because mm-hmm. he seemed he seemed pretty fast and he seemed like he was a decent tackler and had decent instincts and everything. Like I, I kind of liked him, but I couldn't find a ton of tape on him. So that's part of mm-hmm. the reason I left him out and I just put him at thirteen. But it's Jalen Simpson from Auburn. He's um, right there for cur- me too. Yep. I'll be curious to learn more about him. And then I'll just say the other two that were close, uh, Dejan Anthony and Jalen Green, were the other. Those okay. are my main three that missed it that I was interested mm-hmm. in. But I will highlight this. I'm curious to see if he made yours. Someone who didn't even make, like, the top 15 range. I cannot no. figure out why <laughs> I don't see anything with this guy. I mean, I mm-hmm. see a little bit of flash on tape, but he, like, didn't – he doesn't have, like – a lot of tape and he doesn't have a whole lot of production is that's uh Sion Vaki 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 aha well that's who I'm kicking off things with number 12 so I'll talk about okay. him in a moment uh but the guys who didn't quite make my list Simpson you mentioned and then Omar Brown who's very much like a slot corner safety and that's some of the guys we're talking about today as well EJ Jackson Flip Dixon from Rutgers now the thing about Jalen Simpson too He's 6'1", but he's like 178. So he's another one of those guys that has a strange body type for the position that they're trying to make him play. But we'll start off number 12. I just told you mine. How about you tell me yours? Number 12, I just flat out blanket put him here. Um, <laughs> it, it's Malik uh, Malik Mustafa. So See, first he's of all, right on that edge for me, too. He didn't quite make his, my list, so go ahead. His last name's Mustafa, and you know I'm a Lion King that. guy outside of the Jungle Book. Of course, mm-hmm. if we're talking Disney films here, but dude, he close enough. He, he had 80 tackles this past year. Everything else was just okay. Only one pick and whatnot. But here's mm-hmm. the thing: I, I I put him here, 5'10", 197, okay size, you know. But like like we we're you talked about before we actually got into the meat of the show here. Uh, well, today's NFL like skill positions, offensively and defensively, like they mm-hmm. come in all shapes and sizes and can produce. So. I don't even know that it matters if we talk about size, to be honest with you, safeties anymore. But here's the interesting thing why Blanket put him at 12, despite you know him not having the most impressive stats outside of tackles. Mm-hmm. Guess what I went to, Dan? I went to Bruce Feldman's freak list and I was like, okay, this is, this is interesting. So allegedly, you know, this guy's going to run extremely fast, probably like 4-3 mm-hmm. range. But here's why. It makes a difference. He he's a thirteen hundred pound lifter. You know what that means? You're gonna enlighten me. Yes. So what it is is you take bench squat and power clean, put it together, boom. Between the three of them, he's over thirteen hundred pounds at five ten one ninety seven. That is insane. <laughs> he's also supposed mm-hmm. to be jumping close to thirty seven inches in the vert. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in game, game speed, you know, pads, helmet, cleats. <laughs> in a game, 23 miles per hour. Okay. Well, and again, he is a guy that uh, just based off of that might end up making my list just because of it. He was right on the edge of That's why I just put players, him at 12 so because of that. 
Right. Yeah, and he could definitely pop up. He's someone I'm interested in looking at uh, at the combine if I can get a chance to peek at him because he strikes me as someone who's just going to look like he can move faster mm-hmm. than anybody else out there. So, yeah, definitely curious to see how he shows up against some of those other uh, players when you actually get a chance to evaluate him. Well, Sion Vaki is the guy I put at 12, and he is a weird anomaly because one of the reasons why you don't have maybe as much tape on him, he didn't play as much at safety this year because he had to fill in a running back for these guys. And he ran for a couple hundred yards and caught like 20 passes. So this is a dude who clearly has incredible versatility and great athleticism. He had good but not great stats. You can tell he's a fast guy. He's a solid tackler. Can shoot gaps. Can get low. Uh, it just He shows promise both of the positions. He can catch. I mean, it, his PFF wasn't that great. But he's clearly an athlete that you can get on the field and do something with. And that's the reason why he's at 12 for me. Because I feel like a team is going to take him and fit him somewhere. He's not someone who feels like he's only scheme-specific. He feels like he may not be the best. Obviously, he's not. He's 12th on this list. He may not be the best safety prospect, but he is a guy who can definitely fit a need on a team somewhere. I, I guess for me, though, my th- main thing was, is I, I know he filled in at running back and whatnot, but there's a different few different ways you can think about this, but I'm still almost a believer in the if you play more than one position, you don't have a position type thing. I don't <laughs> you know. See, I disagree. I think the reason why they had him do that was because they literally had so many injuries that they needed somebody who could step up and do it, and the other guys they had on the team just weren't doing it. So they, they gave him a shot, and it worked out for him. All right, number 11 for me, man. This is DTD, uh, Dadrian Taylor Demerson. Uh-huh. Another guy just you- off the edge of my list. Oh, Okay. So, dude, he's got extremely impressive numbers to me. I mean, two in the two years that I got data for here, 74 and 73 tackles. Uh, he's got seven picks in those two years, too. 13 you passes. You love your interceptions. Dude, if you're playing defensive back, your priorities to, you know, maybe create some turnovers. So well, I've also, I abs- you know, stop the run. And seven is absolutely incredible. But here's the thing. He has impressive numbers despite not being the fastest nor the biggest. He's a mm-hmm. good tackler, but I don't think he's, like, the greatest tackler. Um, mm-hmm. And he's not – I wouldn't say he's all that aggressive either. Solid ball skills, in- instincts, awareness. Like, they're solid. Nothing's great. Uh, I-, I guess my biggest question is, is, is he an overachiever? But I had to get him on this list just because the numbers are are so impressive. Mm-hmm. Seven another picks one of those. and 140 tackles in two years is right. ridiculous. That's solid. And he's another one of those guys, though. This is his fifth year in there. And so that's something that we talk about factoring in. I'm not really sure exactly where age matters for you on safeties, but uh, there's there's several guys in this list that are in the 23-year-old range as well. And so that's something that we're going to see more and more, I, but it's also I could only, something to, to factor in. I could only find ages, actual ages on seven of these guys. Yeah, and again, so, that's something we'll figure out uh, as the combine finishes out as well. And so we got a ton of data entry to do. Uh, 11 for me is uh, Vaki's teammate, Cole Bishop. I know some people love this guy a little more than I do, but uh, I've got him in this spot because I, I looked at him. It felt like he was okay in coverage, like not great, but he loves to blitz, loves to come up and engage in run stopping. And dude's a solid tackler. He's been consistent from year to year as far as like his analytics and stuff like that goes, but uh, his numbers dipped a bit this year, partially because he played like 170 fewer snaps, which again, that's I don't think that was because of injury or anything like that. I think he just literally, for whatever reason, Utah's defense was a, a little bit, uh, was taxed a little less this year, if you will, uh, in the way that things worked out. I think he missed like one game, maybe two. 
throughout the course of the season. Uh, but again, this is a dude who a lot of people really like for some reason. I'm still trying to figure out why they like him more than I do. I think you could use to put on a little bit of weight sitting that uh, he's 6'2". He's got you know the ability to maybe put another 10, 15 on his frame. And it feels like he's more of a in-the-box safety than he's a guy who's going to get out of coverage. That's what I'm saying. But he's also 6'2". So I would put if he if he if the guy I like that. The, well, the way it seems like he plays the game, it seems like he plays the game more wanting to get down and be like a, a smaller linebacker than a bigger corner. And so I'd put 10 pounds on him and say, go for it. I just feel like he's better suited to being toward, a cup closer to the line than back there trying to cover guys. Well, I will give you my take on him later, a lot later. Oh, so you're one of those guys that's high on him. All right, cool. I'm, I'm one Tell of me those why I'm guys. wrong. I shall. Who's 10? Ten for me, dude. I think this is like the saddest one Ooh. for me. Okay. Because, I man, when I look at his numbers, like I start twitching. I get excited. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's Kenny Logan Jr., the Jayhawk from Kansas. Okay. Another guy that was so, just off my list. Oh man, holy tackles is the first thing I wrote down because <laughs> he he's got like three straight years. I forget exactly. He's basically got. A hundred tackles in three straight seasons, or something like mm-hmm. that. It's awesome. Like I, biggest thing I wrote was holy tackles, old school safety, um, strong, mm-hmm. instinctive, good vision. Um, not not the fastest. Um, mm-hmm. He's definitely one of the older guys. I, I, he, I was able to find the age for him. He's a little over twenty three years old. Right. Um, super like him a lot. The only problem is is. In today's NFL, I don't know how much success, how much success he's going to have. Well, I he's mean, very old school his... tackle line of scrimmage. I mean, I don't. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I like him a lot. He's a guy that could yeah. move up for me. Well, I just pulled up his PFF because he's a guy that I need to do more digging into. And I mean, he he did all right, all things considered. I mean, he definitely allowed a lot of catches. And so that's something that you're going to mm-hmm. be a little bit concerned about at the next level. The PFS still loves his coverage grade. He gave him an 84 on coverage, even though he gave up like 80% uh, reception rate. So that's where the analytics sometimes doesn't that's always uh, mesh I with I don't what you're go there, about. Dan. Right? I don't go there. Well, number 10 for me is Jaden Hicks of Washington State, the Cougar. 6'3", 212, so definitely the size that I like. Uh, for a safety. I, I did expect him to grade better against the run for that reason. He looks like he's a physical guy, but did not have great uh, grades against the, the run this year, which is a bit strange. I mean, he was still above average, but he had uh, killer grades again in the coverage area, which was kind of surprising, right? Because uh, he's one of those guys that I feel like could move up if he tests well because he physically looks the part of what you want a safety to be. I mean, he had an 83 for his pass rush and uh, 83 for his coverage. So, I mean, this is a dude who can get out and make things happen. But again, at the same time, I mean, he had two picks this year at four pass breakups. Uh, one of those guys that I feel like should be better than it seems like he is. And that's the reason why he might not be higher on my list. Uh, and I think a lot of people are projecting him to continue to progress and get better. But I'm just a little bit confused as to you know why he didn't produce at a higher level. And it just seems like he's... He's don't I don't know I don't know why it feels like he's holding back a little bit. And I'm not sure I'm not saying he is. It just feels like there's an extra gear for this guy that he hasn't gotten to yet. Well, I'll talk about him <laughs> later, a lot later. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So Add number nine number nine on my list is Dan's mm-hmm. favorite safety in the draft, whether he knows it or not. Oh um, no, he's probably higher on my list. Go ahead. He probably is, and I think he's the number one candidate to move up my list. 
Mm-hmm. I really do think he's my top candidate to move up. But anyways, let's get into this thing. He's huge. Who do you think it is? Well, I wrote down that he has a dream size, so I'm pretty confident you're talking about James Williams from Miami. Yep. I sure am talking about James Williams from Miami. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's got insane size. He's strong. Um, mm-hmm. wait, dude, he's, do you remember his size? He's 6'4", 6'5", six, six, five, five, like 225. Yeah. Oh, well, I thought I, 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 I read he was in the 220s. Someone that, let's say he's 220. Say he's 220, 6'5". So, usually when I see these guys, Dan gets obsessed. Yeah. I go, they're going to try to move him to linebacker. <laughs> okay. Maybe they learned from Isaiah Simmons. I don't know. Simmons did yeah. okay both. But here's the thing. This guy's definitely athletic and fast enough to pl- stay at safety. Yep. I have no concerns about it. So I really, mm-hmm. really do think he can stay there. And I, the only reason he's lower on my list is because I just depend – the majority of teams that draft him won't use him right, and I just don't know that he'll be successful. <laughs> so – but I we- – I have yeah. the concerns there, and I have the concerns with the turnovers and the pass deflections. I mean, three years, only 13 pass deflections. That's not all that bad. Six and five, I guess, in the past two years, but two picks in the last two years. I'd like to see more considering mm-hmm. how he, how big of a mismatch he is and how fast he is even at right. that size. So I, I, I love the potential of the guy. He leaves me wanting a little bit more, but mostly I'm just scared teams are going to misuse him. <laughs> Well, I'll give you the rest of my take on him in a little while since we're, we're holding off today because both of us have uh, – we, jo- we joked about this right before we started that we're probably going to have a lot yep. of differences, and it does seem like we do, which is fun. I enjoy that we actually have differences. Number nine for me, I uh, had to finally throw a smaller school guy in there, and that's Michael Dowell from Miami, Ohio. This is a guy who's 6'1", 221, so again, the, the kind of size you'd like to see on a safety, maybe a little bit shorter than uh, is ideal, but uh, still definitely better than several of the guys on this list in that way. Uh, transferred from Michigan State, definitely played better at the MAC level than he did at the Big Ten level, part of that because he's two years older now. Uh, he's, again, another one of those fifth-year players. But one of the things I will say, this guy has no quit in him, and that's the kind of stuff you like to see in a safety. There's a great highlight of him chasing down a dude uh, in a game against Buffalo where he came and knocked the ball out right before the goal line because a lot of players, once you're, I don't know, if you're five yards out with 20 yards to go, most guys quit, right? This dude, no quit, and I absolutely love that in a player. Uh, the only real knock uh, was his pass rush this year. I don't really care about that personally. I was like, that's not a huge deal to me. But had a really, really good season in coverage. Was up over an 80 MPFF for that. Had a couple of interceptions as well. So this is a guy who, because he played at Miami, Ohio, and doesn't have as much tape from his Michigan State days, some people might ding from the level of competition. But he seems like he's got the right size combo. Uh, and again, he's got he's the kind of player you want on your team. He's probably more like a day three guy. But I think the team is going to be happy when they pick him up in the fourth or fifth round. All right, number eight for me, Dan. This guy, man, I don't know. Just like James Williams, he he could move up my list pretty pretty good too. I, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see where you have him. Um, it's Bo Braid from Maryland. All right, he's not on my list. Not on it. Okay, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's another name. So, dude, there's like eight guys that are right on the edge of could be in the back end of this list for me. So I understand he's another one that almost made it in. He kind of surprised me because I did. He wasn't entirely on my radar just even mm-hmm. though like i you know i cover the maryland team you know so right i mean i knew about him i know he's a guy that's going to get drafted for sure i know that other people i was under the impression others were higher on him than i am and maybe they still are we'll see where he goes but um i got into the tape more 
dude, he he's aggressive and he's he's right. physical. He attacks the football. Like there's some people on the list that I might talk to later, despite me liking them a lot. Like they they let the ball come to them. I'll get to that right. later. This guy goes after the ball carriers. Okay. He, he's he's impatient in that fashion, you know. He's like, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go come to you because you're taking too long. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got good vision, but here's the thing that that just stuck out to me, man. There were like he has this killer instinct mentality mm-hmm. when he's up against when when the other, when the offense has got the ball in the red zone. So like they're inside the ten yard line. Yeah, he's looking to tackle and whatnot. But dude, he's looking to make a play. There were two plays. I had seen in his career in college where they're about ready to score a touchdown and he only kind of half sort of tackles and he does the peanut Tillman. Oh yeah. Punches it. Pop, pop the ball right out, created the fumble and boom, they got the ball back. Absolutely loved it. Got me excited. (laughs) Strikes me as like, it's that, that Michael Jordan meme. And I took that personally. They were trying to score and I took it personally. (laughs) So you got to appreciate when a guy takes it personally. Number eight for me is Jalen McCullough from Tennessee, six foot two oh six. So you know maybe a little bit smaller than some of the guys on this list. I don't know why more people aren't talking about him. Uh, I've looked up when I was getting my rankings together because I always want to see. Once I've got an idea of where I want to put guys, I'll see where other people have got them. And nobody is talking about him, in my opinion, from what they saw there. He does have a little bit of an off-field thing that uh, might give some teams some pause. It was a a bit of a. a Thing where he basically punched a dude who came into their and came into his house. Like, how do you unannounced. basically punch a guy? Well, from the sound of things, either <laughs> the, basically a drunk dude came into their apartment and he either he asked him to leave and this guy got aggressive, or he punched the guy without prompting. One way or the other, he punched a dude, broke his like broke some teeth, and so uh, that was a court case that's still wrapping up. I don't have as much of an issue with that from the sound of things. It's it's. I mean, if you someone came unannounced into your home, you'd probably be pretty defensive in a hurry, too. So mm-hmm. at any rate, uh, this dude, I think one of the reasons why people aren't talking about him as much is if you look at his uh, like the PFF stuff, this guy went from a 69 to an 85 this year. Uh, so he definitely jumped in his uh, his coverage grade. His tackling got better. His Everything got better for him this year. So this is a player that feels like uh, he's productive, even if he's not maybe the best at this, that, or the other thing, he showed this season that he can he can keep up. And given the fact that he had some off-the-field distractions, still had a great season for uh, for Tennessee. And, uh, I mean, he still had three interceptions. And he, in two of his last three seasons, he had three picks. So he's got six in the last three seasons. And just overall, I, I think he's deserving of a spot on this list, even if everybody else doesn't. Well, he's a guy that I certainly haven't dug into a lot. So He's a guy that I certainly haven't dug into a lot. So, I mean... Oh, we both got some homework after today, dude. (laughs) Well, uh, safeties in general is just going to require a ton of homework moving forward still. Um, You know, uh, here's here's one of the older safeties in the draft coming in. Just turned 23, literally like Mm -hmm. two days ago. Happy belated birthday, Tyke Smith. Okay. So he's coming in at seven. I feel like I'm Mm -hmm. a little lower than most people. I'm not. No, you're lower than I am as well. Um, But, dude, I actually ended up liking him quite a bit. Like Same. quite a quite a bit, I I put him down here because I'm worried about the ACL. The defensive backs and mm-hmm. ACL scare me, even if ACLs are a thing of the past ish. Mm-hmm. Um, he tore it, so I mean, it, there's cause for concern. But dude, he's got great ball skills, uh, great instincts. He's aggressive, dude. He's extremely sticky in coverage, mm-hmm. almost sticky like a cornerback, and he's a good tackler. Right. Um, and he is the, the first of the guys on my list that I think is very much the slot 
corner safety kind of hybrid position, like Brian Branch style, right? Yeah, he's sticky. He's 5'11". say he's great in coverage, but that seems to be the area where you're going to want to have him. He's not as much. I mean, he can come up and and sure, he can come up and defend the run, but that's that's his thing. This guy is going to be a cover safety more than he is a run safety. Yeah, I, I, like I say, I, I I walked away from watching the film very impressed, disconcerted mm-hmm. with uh, his health. Right. So, yeah, when that's you're always older a question, and right? you got the injuries, it, it's it worried me a little bit, and I dinged him on that. Whether it's fair right. or not, I did. Well, I'm going to talk about him in a little bit, uh, so we'll wrap up that piece of that take. Number seven for me is another guy that uh, I think people have a little lower than I do personally. Uh, and I'm not sure if you've got him on your list or not, because we've been having so much fun back and forth on all this. But he absolutely killed it on uh, with his PFF grade this year. Uh, and that's Keetan Oladapo from Oregon State. He is another one of those older players. So he's another guy who's 23. Uh, that's the only real knock I got him, though. He's got great size, solid coverage. He moves like a defensive back out there at times. He can come up. He can stuff the run. Each year, he got better throughout the years. Exactly what you want to see out of a guy. He's got 18 passes defense in the last three years. Had three picks. His best cover year was this year. Obviously, it seems like he's been durable because he's played pretty much all the snaps each of the last three seasons. And he's matched up in a league where they throw the ball a lot, and he still manages to go out there and have you know solid numbers. And so I'm a fan of his, and I, I keep seeing people putting him you know, outside the top 12, uh, putting him in like a sixth or seventh round draft pick. I think he's worth more than that. You got another guy that I haven't done too much of a dive on yet, so to this be is determined, be fun. sir. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Well, before we get into all of the rest of the players that we need to talk about, uh, we need to talk about some some beer. And, of course, since we've been talking about stuff that we've been drinking, but since we're getting into the combine and looking forward to the future and things that are uh, are yet to have happen and projections and all that jazz, we should probably project some beer, either that we're interested in or that we think this crazy stuff is going to happen this year. So why don't you talk about some of the beer that you're looking forward to coming up here in 2024? A little beer well, combine. I'm just going to talk about one of them because it's one that I'm extremely excited for and extremely nervous for, Dan. Mm -hmm. So I've often said, especially early on when we started doing the show, that my favorite flagship or like year-round availability go-to beer was Huma, Huma Lupalicious, right? Right. Yep, always love that one. I, I often said that, you know, over the last couple years that, I swear they changed something in the recipe where now all of a sudden it's more malty than it is hoppy piney. So, okay. uh, and I don't care for it as much as I used to. I think they tinkered with it and it broke my heart because I was like, my, oh, that's my go-to, right? Well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. March, oh uh, yeah, comes out, which is shorts Huma <laughs> times two. It's their double Huma, if you will. So th- I remember that, oh uh, yeah, always started out kind of sweeter malty but it still finished very much with the piney hoppiness and it was just awesome mm-hmm. so it's like it was literally a home at times too because it comes in at like a 10 percent. so even though i'm not a huge malty sweeter guy at least it finished properly so i'm very excited for it but i'm also nervous because if they tinkered with the and th- th- let me backtrack a little bit this is one that doesn't come out every year right and even even if it does which it, I don't think it ever has. Maybe like two years in a row, it's come out in like the <laughs> super hoppy holidays variety pack, right? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't. It's getting released like in full six packs where you can just go grab them. So um, I don't know. Nice. I'm t- I'm excited but terrified to see if they messed with the recipe on this too. Maybe they messed with it. And maybe it's better. <laughs> maybe you gotta maybe remember that they cut out the maltiness and then I'll have all this piney hoppy greatness. 
Right, exactly. And Same. so it'll be fun to see where that one comes in. And what day does that one come out again? Or what month? It just it just says March. So March. All right. Soon. So coming up. So March is going to have you know that one for us here. It's going to have uh, of course Oberon kicks off with the first day of of spring coming up in roughly a month or so, a little under that. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely something to look forward to. And again, uh, you're going to start seeing those springtime beers pop up, like you were talking about last show about the uh, one of the last shows about shorts having their their spring. Uh, IPA or whatever coming in already. So uh, yep. for those of you that like some of the darker, heavier stuff, you got to get it now before it's gone. That being said, I was tra- poking around at hopculture.com has their beer trends for 2024. And I want to see what you think All about right. some of these real quick. They are predicting oh that this is the year of the dark lager. That's where that's I, tra- I, German I, American. Yeah. Dark lagers. I'm interested in, cause you know me, I've been pounding the table for like half a decade for dark IPAs, the black IPAs. Right. So We're slowly in the same seeing some of those. Realm, like I, I like it. Right, and I feel Hit like everybody, it. and that's yeah, exactly. Because one of the things that you and I both sort of are, I don't know, I guess annoyed about with loggers is their loggers are fine, but they're also sort of just there. Mm-hmm. Same thing with pilsners, and so dark loggers might be like, ooh, well, lager with some attitude. Uh, and uh, the other one they're talking about is the West Coast is back, and not just IPAs. So West Coast IPAs, they think Man. are are jumping up uh, a little bit. That's more. That's one. That's one I'm not super high on. Uh, okay. I don't know. Anytime something has had West Coast in the title, mm-hmm. I try it, and it just tastes flat and very much like a session <laughs> IPA. I'm like, dude, who put sure. water in my beer? You know, for some reason, that sounds about accurate with the way that we in uh, the Midwest like to crack about the West West Coast people being soft or whatever. But uh, the other thing that they're seeing that could pop up is the West Coast Pilsner. So not just yeah, the West again. Coast IPA. So. Yep. I'll you give a West me, Coast Pilsner a shot. Then you lost me. You yeah. had me, then I'll you be, lost me. <laughs> I'd be curious to see about that. One of the other trends they're talking about is uh, is brewers messing around with more than just hops, like hop extracts, oils, frozen hops, different different things along those lines. And I see a, I see that trend continuing. Uh, so like the cryo hops and those kinds of things, yeah. because brewers got to try to do different things. It's not just their flavors. They're trying different ways to make the beers, to make them easier. Uh, some of these ingredients are going to be cheaper to do than just getting straight fresh hops, stuff like that. So I can definitely see that happening. One of the other things that's uh, – two more things. One that's good and one that's bad, in my opinion. The good one is the non-alcoholic beer area is, is jumping up, which I think is great. One, because – not everybody needs to go crazy all the time. Two, people who used to drink beer and still want the flavor but know that it's probably not the best choice for their life gives them an option. And it used to be it was O'Doul's, it was an N.A. Budweiser or whatever, and that was it. And now they're actually getting to where non-alcoholic beer, dude, actually tastes good now. I, I'm seeing them a lot lately. I almost got seduced by one by Shorts Brewing, the company I just talked about. There you I was go. like, ooh, a new Shorts, and I grabbed it, had it in my hand, I forget the name of it. And then, you, you know, like with the guys that, you know, hook me up with some of my bourbons, mm-hmm. I go up there and they're like, Mark, you know, this is an A beer, right? It's like, what? Looked at us <laughs> like, it sure is. It's like, all right, hang tight. I got to put this right back where I found it. Uh, yeah, we'll have to try that one next time, see what, see how it measures up. But yeah, and that's the thing. And it's, it's a nice uh, segment. And the, here it is. They're, they're talking about it going up to like 2% of the market. And it's still like 60 million cases of beer. So it's going to be a thing, right? And then the one that I'm not excited about here, JP, that I don't think you are either necessarily, but a certain segment of the population definitely will be uh, the the like RTD market, you know, so the the non beer things in cans, right? That people are are big on. The one that's looking like it's going to grow the largest is the hard tea segment. Mm, I mm. dude, are I you hate a fan? this. I, 
I, dude, I kind of like, I, I, I don't ever like buy hard teas, but I've had uh-huh. some of like those like tea like liquors where you just pour it over ice and it just tastes like an iced tea that has booze in it. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a fan, but you know, I've never had like twisted tea things or whatever it is. I think you the one I had, to do this. I, th- I think what I, what I had that surprised me cause I was laughing mm-hmm. about it. I went, it was when I was in Florida somewhere and I think it was called deep Eddie. Does that ring a okay, bell? Yeah. Deep Eddie. Yeah. It's like a, some type of liquor. That's a tea one. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to put anything in it, dude. You just like pour it over ice. You're supposed to put stuff in it. I think. I think. <laughs> JP did not. But okay, I was like, dude, so this tastes this tastes great. Just how it that, is. That's not a. And I, yeah, I like tea. A... <laughs> I'm a tea guy. See, that's different. That's probably like a 20 percent alcohol thing. That's probably why you mm-hmm. liked it and why you're supposed to put stuff with it. Whereas these twisted teas are coming in at about like a beer or in the five ish range. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I like iced tea. I don't see the need to put booze in it in that way. If I want booze in my iced tea, I'll make it myself. I'll do some bourbon no, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you there, but I'm just saying in general. I mean, I just talked about my hot toddy. I've been drinking. The only thing I had this right. past week I'm or fine so was that. booze and tea. Right. I'm good with that. I just think I'd, I'd rather make it myself. So, again, I don't know. Maybe we gotta, we're going to have to line up some of these things in cans to try them and see how they match up and give like give our most disgusting evaluation ever. I don't know. Or we could be completely wrong, and I could just turn into a convert and be one of those people at the, the cookouts drinking my Twisted Teas. I don't know. I, that's a terrifying no, thought. So, the th- my fear with Twisted Tea, though, is, is I like tea and booze and whatnot some sort of way, but I'm not a huge sweet tea guy, despite exactly. my family that's being the from issue. the South. Like, you can throw a little bit of sugar in there if you want, but, like, when people make a sweet tea, take, like, mm. 80% of the sweet that you put mm-hmm. in there out, and I'm okay with it. Like, mm-hmm. so that's why I often just go to unsweet tea, because I've never had a sweet yep. tea that's not too sweet. Exactly. 100% agree. And I get weird looks whenever I go to the South for that reason as well. So, totally understand that. And that's probably my biggest concern is I'm going to drink a twisted tea. It's going to be too sweet, and I'm going to want to just, like, chuck it across the room. So, probably that gives you kind of an idea of some of the stuff we're working with. We'll have to try some of these at some point. Maybe over the summer we can do, like, a lineup of things that we don't think we're going to like and do a show about that because I think it could be hilarious. Jumping into the top six, though, of the guys that we have to talk about. And, of course, my six is obviously going to be different from your six because two of my six were in your back six. I'm starting Hater. off with uh, with well, I'll let you start off. Go ahead. I'm gonna my my five and six are guys you've talked about though, so go ahead. All right. Well, six for me is the other Georgia safety. So I had one Georgia sa- safety in the front half and one in the back half. But I got them both in the front half. Go ahead. Aha. So I got Javon Bullard here mm-hmm. at six. Okay. Hater. Why? You just you don't know. You I don't see know. Who you've got up front here. Continue. That's right. I can't wait till I get there too. I'm gonna crush you. Um, uh-huh. So adequate speed, I would say with him, he's allegedly going to be around a four or five range. I don't hate that. Um, one one of the younger guys. Well, I guess I can't say one of the younger guys. I couldn't hardly find ages. So but he's, he's about <laughs> he's 21 and 21 and a half, if mm-hmm. you will. But um, good ball skills, good vision, uh, very mm-hmm. much an effort guy. Uh, I, I like the effort. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't like that. I see a little bit on tape where he gets beat. Um, where did you see that? But I was watching some tape. He he get he it doesn't happen a ton, but just uh-huh. when he when he does get beat, he doesn't turn his head around. He just like does that blanket like 
like you're on a roller coaster ride and you whip your hands up and scream woo or something like that. Like I, <laughs> he might I actually. That might be a good idea. It looks like that's what he's doing. So well, I, I don't know. It, do, this year. it doesn't happen a, a lot. 34. I'm just, saying, I'm just a 34 I, passer rating against 34. Yeah, that's what I said. It doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, because maybe because it doesn't happen very much, he looks uncomfortable. If he gets beat over the top and the receiver gets behind him, he can't. His head's like stiff. He's mm-hmm. not an owl here. He's not my Christian Gonzalez who like just he's got an owl head that just spins. Which is so, why he's a, a safety and not a corner. Sure. Um, but ultimately, I just had him a little lower than probably you do just because I don't know. He's not the most physical guy. I love his effort and everything, mm-hmm. but he's just simply, I don't know, he's just not that physical. Not the end of the world with today's safeties, but I don't know. I see a lot of good I felt- things. I see some question marks. Mm-hmm. I like him a fair amount. Obviously, he's in my top six, just not enough to put up there in the, you know. Well, we'll, we'll see who you think is better than him later on. Six for me is James Williams, who you already talked about. And again, we're not going to go over the size I thing. I knew he dude, was Dude, he's got to be six. top six, man. Here's why. You're, because just like you uh, said, he can move up. The next, and the gonna, next year, we're going to talk about him on every episode. You're going to find now, I don't know. I don't next, think it, it will happen. No, for him, it's different. I don't have the same love for him that I had for Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, I agree. We'll see. But, but that being gonna said. It's going to happen. Depending on the team he shows up on, like if he's on a team that either you like to make fun of me about or that I actually he's gonna like, go to the Giants. He's gonna, he's gonna go to the Giants. No, if he goes to the Giants, they have, they're gonna have uh, Isaiah Simmons and James Williams in the middle of their defense, and it's gonna be chaos for other teams. And you're gonna have jerseys of both. I will not. I will definitely not do that. There are things in my life that will not happen, and me owning a New York Giants jersey is one of those things. I I, I take it back. If someone gifts me a New York Giants jersey at some point in the future, I might keep it for a little while and then burn it in effigy at some point. We'll see. But I'm definitely not paying for it myself. Uh, Here's the thing. You talked a lot about him already, so I'm not going to belabor the point, but he is an incredibly fluid athlete. He almost runs around like he's a basketball player out there. Like That guy is so smooth at the size that he's at. Yeah, he will be a mainstay in someone's offensive backfield as long as he stays healthy. I realize that he's got some things he needs to work on, but he seems like he has solid form. Here's the thing. This dude is a good tackler, but he's not an overly physical guy even for his size. Like, he's bigger than just about everybody he tackles, but he doesn't tackle him like he's bigger than them. It's good form. It's solid, but he's not nasty. Who's number five? Was that? Wait, I'm confused, though. Uh-huh. So you did you just do your take on Bullard? Was he in the same spot? No, I said James Williams. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you switched it on me halfway through there. No, nah, but yeah, no, nah, I'm not. I agree. James I'm Williams Bullard is, where he deserves so, to be in, on your list. He's he, you're spot on. He's so smooth for how big he is. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Like I said, yeah. he, he's the number one candidate for me to move up on. But we'll see. As he uh, should number be. number five for me. This is first thing I had written down here is not a ton of tape, or at least I can't find a ton of tape. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is purely a projection. Okay. Okay. Based on what the little bit that I have seen, mm-hmm. a little bit of what I've read, what other people have said about him, but I was so desperate to learn more about this guy because I was intrigued by what I had seen. Mm-hmm. Dan, I went to PFF. You already talked about him, and he was an absolute stud, according to PFF, mm-hmm. which doesn't make sense because usually you'd think that'd make me move him down. You'd be like, <laughs> red flag, red flag. So right. I. This guy of anybody is the most likely to not be here. He could move One up a couple other. spots or he's <laughs> going to go way down. 
Mm-hmm. I just simply don't know a ton about him. But what I do, what I did, what I, the little bit I did see, he's very strong. He's an aggressive tackler. He gets his head mm-hmm. turned around a lot. Um, but it's Jaden Hicks. Okay. And Interesting. I, I, but he, I, he's, he apparently isn't all that fast. He's going to run like a four, six range. I personally think he's going to end up moving down, but okay. I felt, I felt like outside of speed, I liked everything about him, but I didn't see mm-hmm. enough. And that's why I went and looked around. And like you said, I forget what they were. All I wrote was PFF stud, but I believe he was a guy <laughs> who had coverage and run grades that were like really, really good. No, not his run grade, but his coverage and his and, uh, pass rush grade were really good. His his run I'm, grade was actually pretty average. What was it? It was 65, but his pass rush was 83 and his coverage was 83. Jaden Hicks? I thought he was much higher than that. No, you were seeing the pass rush number, not the run run defense number. Because you see RSH and probably think rush, but that's pass rush. No, you're gonna make you're gonna make me go check. I, I feel like I gotta. See you it can with check. My own Look, eyes. he is the funny thing is you got him at five. I've got him at ten. He might end up somewhere in like in the middle at like seven or eight or something like that. For all we know, but that's what we're talking about. This is a group that's gonna yeah, keep moving right. around, and we're gonna keep shuffling 80, all of these guys. Eighty-three in coverage. Wow. Sorry, sure. I'm just mumbling to myself over here. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's gonna move. I don't I don't see him staying here. But now that I'm on here and I'm looking at it according to this PFF mock draft simulator, dude, they have mm-hmm. him as safety three. Oh, they love him. That's what I was talking about, how people like him more than I do. PFF is one of the ones that likes him more than I do. Well, they like him even more than I do. Right, I know. Well, we've, we've, talked, we've talked often about how PFF and, and us don't always see eye to eye on where yeah. we have our guys positioned, Cooper, BB, etc. So it should be fun to see how that all slots out. Five for me, though, is Tyke Smith that you talked about. Uh, and, again, the only knock I have from him is the age-size combo. Because, again, at 5'10", 205, he's a little bit – and the ACL, yeah, sure – uh, that you hadn't talked about as much. <laughs> He's got, but again, he had four interceptions, had two sacks, had great coverage grades. This guy is a slot safety. He is very much, that's his thing. And as long as teams use him that way, and in the NFL today, they will, he can come up and help on the run. I really do like a lot of the stuff about him. Obviously, I've got him a little bit higher. He's a physical guy, and I think he needs to be because he's a little bit shorter. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how he holds up in certain types of coverage. But this is a dude who can run with running backs. He can handle slot wide receivers. I think he's going to be just fine at the next level. Who's number four for you? Number four for me is the guy you've been waiting to hear. Mm-hmm. You wanted to hear my take on this guy. Okay. It's, it's called Bishop. Ah. Look so at Bishop you, and Hicks are the two right. guys. Bishop and Hicks are the two guys you had way higher than I did. Yeah, but m- mainly Bishop here because, like I say, okay. I, I, I need to learn a lot more about Hicks. I literally – the first word I wrote down for him is this will be a projection mm-hmm. on my part rather than what I know. It's just what I think could happen. Sure. Um, but, yeah, Cole Bishop, man. Lo- love the size. Love the production. But mm-hmm. ultimately – and I think his size is perfect. If he, if he, if he literally is – you know, six two two oh five. Like in today's NFL at safety, love that height. Mm-hmm. Don't want him to be super heavy because I want him to be able to move. I think he's going to run like a four five flat if he gets anywhere below a four five. Wow, I'm just, this is going to be yeah. A, that's a different story. It could just if, be, if he that. runs even like a four four seven. Like I'll just be ecstatic. But um, <laughs> gr- great, absolutely great against the run, like you said. Good blitzer, just like you said. Mm-hmm. But the two things that stuck out to me the most is, did I say stuck? 
<laughs> it's not a word. But you've been making on, up. JP. You've been making up new words every show. It's great fun. You're, you're pretty much foggy. the Shakespeare still, of our time. Yeah, still recovering from that uh, illness I had there. Well, it but, lingers uh, sometimes. Still foggy, but anyhow, as I'm making up words here, I'm still like <laughs> I, I, I. He has got incredible instincts, and just the way he reads an offense is truly impressive. And my mm-hmm. goodness, does it stick out even more? around the line of scrimmage like he he rushes like an edge rusher like he's got he's got almost edge rusher like moves that he sure. pulls on people trying to block him now i understand mm-hmm. he here's the thing he would be higher than four on my list dan again mm-hmm. if we were talking uh, 10 years ago or so and i still like right. it in today's nfl the lions they were using ify melifonwu and even Brian Branch as a blitzing DB, absolutely love it. But I mean, it's and a that's part of his skill set. So I got to give a little bit of a nod to the guys who are more t- geared towards the passing instincts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But if you're looking for a safety who can play up around the line of scrimmage, it, this guy is absolutely incredible. And I love Agreed. it. There's somebody's yeah. gonna have a lot of fun with this guy. Yeah, he's definitely got a chance to move up my list. The guy that moved down my list from where he was earlier in the season is now sitting at number four is Kalen Bullock from USC. This is the guy that I was saying for a good chunk of the season was the best safety in the game, even if he was a slightly different safety, because he's definitely another one of those slot safety types at 6'3", 190, definitely focusing more on the passing game. But then he absolutely cratered down the stretch, dude. His two worst games were against the two best teams he played in Washington and Oregon. And that's not what you want to see. You want to see a guy who's going to step up his competition or step up his game when he plays against the best competition. And he got absolutely pantsed by those teams. And so that was a huge reason why he's, he dropped down. I still have faith in him. He's still just 20 years old. Uh, and he's not great against the run. He's definitely more of, again, the passing guy. And he's a good tackler. But that's the thing. When, when, you, when you do that to me, when I'm talking about how great you are, I'm talking about how wonderful things have been going for your season, and then you go get passed by the two best teams you're playing with the best wide receivers you're going to go up against. It's just it, it doesn't look good. And the question is, he really did play well against the rest of the teams this season, but that's your question: Can he elevate his game? Because the guys that he played against at at uh, at Oregon and Washington are the guys he's going to play against in the NFL or better. And so that's concerning uh, going forward for him. I still think he's worth a pick probably on the, in the second, third round, late second round, third round. But at the same, he's not where I was talking about him as a fringe first rounder at one point. Well, this will be a quick one for me. I have Mr. Bullock at number three. Oh, well, so you're, we'll you're just, a little less jaded than I am because of how much I liked him the whole season. So well, fair. well, it's curious. I mean, I, I love the... You know, I love the fact that he's a young kid. Like you say, he's right. just just barely still 20 years old. He's about to turn. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, you know, in some years, he could have been drafted on his birthday. His yeah, birthday right. is April 30th. He'll just be a there couple days off. But um, mm-hmm. anyhow, like you said, good vision, good ball skills, physical for his size, blah, 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 blah. Everything you said was good. But, yeah, the two <laughs> things that I had that were bugging me were what you said about the last – you know, the, the important games, how, you know, he got pants. Mm-hmm. But we already talked about that. This is the guy I was talking about where he waits for the ball carriers to come to him. He doesn't attack yeah. it. He doesn't go after it. It drives me mm-hmm. crazy. And mm-hmm. every bone in my body, and I think between you and I both having the same concerns, like I always do, my rankings change. I think Cole Bishop <laughs> just jumped Kalen Bullock. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, well, I think here's he, he thing. did, but it's well, just he, because it, those things – oh, Just real quick on that note, though. Mm-hmm. Bullock, I gave Bullock the nod originally 
just because I feel like he's more geared towards today's NFL with a passing league than what Bishop is. But, man, those things are concerning. Sure. And, and that's just where fit comes into matter when you look at how you want to build your defense. If you already have a thumping safety, maybe you're grabbing a guy like uh, like Bullard that's going to be more – sorry, Bullock that's going to be more of the, the coverage guy – but if you're a team that's geared towards getting physical and getting down in there, you're definitely going to take somebody like Bishop over him. And so that's where the fit uh, becomes the difference. But again, like you said, uh, for the things you would build your defense around if you were a coordinator, JP, yeah, you definitely would be taking Bishop because you would get frustrated oh. with Bullock. You, you'd spend what half of your practice like getting up to him and being like, are you scared of the ball? Is there a problem? You'd be like Happy Gilmore. I'd get, go get him a therapist. I'd get him a therapist. He would, yeah. Yeah, first thing, first things first. Get out, get out there, and get your head right. Number three for me is a guy you already talked about. This is where I've got Javon Bullard, uh, and I realize uh, where you're coming from him on all that. And you know what? You just haven't turned the corner on him yet. I'll give you some time. You can get there. You can see what I see. It's okay. He's another 21 year old guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is another slot guy though. He's another dude who he can get up there. He's a willing tackler. Uh, he reads the quarterback well, jumps routes well, so he's a very good coverage safety. And again, I'm not going to belabor the points we've already made on him, but I think he's better than you do because he is so good in coverage and he's so good at reading the quarterback and making things happen. And again, he's another guy who's only 21 at this point, can definitely continue to get better as he goes. So I really like him right now. But again, this is up until this point, I'm not going to have a problem shuffling most of this deck of nine players somewhere in and around they're gonna they're gonna jump around i feel pretty good about the top two the rest of them who knows who knows where they're gonna end up by the time we get to the draft yeah he'll probably he'll probably move up for me just because i like i say Jaden hicks i had a projection on so he'll move up probably one spot for sure (laughs) um but the the guys that i'm wondering if they're gonna move up for me are bo braden james williams my goodness but anyhow we're not going backwards we're going forward here Number two <laughs> on my list was my number one safety for, I think, probably, I don't know, 88% of the year. Ooh. He's number two. Okay. Yeah. Tyler Newbin comes in at the number Hater. two spot for me. Hater. Well, so the thing is, is he's, <laughs> he's just, number one for me. He's got good awareness. You know, he's a good mm-hmm. hitter. He's got good mm-hmm. instincts. He's strong. Mm-hmm. He's quick. He's mm-hmm. not necessarily fast. Um, fast enough. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I just wonder. Like, I don't see, like, that energy with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I do the number one guy. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I see energy. Like, obviously, I like him as my number two safety in the draft. I'm just com- – I'm saying the energy in comparison to the guy that I have at number one. Mm-hmm. So – he leaves well, me wanting. He leaves me wanting more. Well, fair because the, the style of his play is exactly how you would play if you were a safety. So uh, I can understand, you know, where you're coming from with that. Uh, and I'll give you my take on him. This dude had five picks this year, dude. So mm-hmm. it's clear that he knows how to play instincts. the game. He knows how to get in exactly. He's got great instincts, and you can't necessarily coach that up. He had four last year and three the year before. This dude has all of the things that you love in a safety. His coverage he grades does. are insane. Yep. He can tackle well. He's a thumper. And yet you put him at number two. All right, cool. He's number one, and you can be wrong. That's fine. This guy literally is exactly what you want out of a safety, outside of if you're looking for a dude who's just purely a coverage guy. Because even though he spent most of his days at free safety, uh, he's not the same style of coverage guy as some of those, but at 6'2", 210, he's even the right size for you. Why mm-hmm. don't you like this guy more? 
because I don't see that energy. He doesn't have like the eye test. He's fantastic uh-huh. player, but he doesn't have the eye test for me. Plus, okay. he's you going on. Tw- he's also going on twenty three years old. He's twenty two and a half. He's twenty two point seven zero. No, you're. I have a formula no, built. His birthday is June fourteenth. Oh, okay, gotcha. at least so he's, he's going to be twenty three as, as a rookie. Sure. At least he's a Gemini, just like I am. Hey. <laughs> See, they go another reason why you should like this guy more. All right, who's your number one? He's probably my number two. Cameron Kinchins. Yeah. Explain to me about why this guy is your number one, and then uh, I will wreck your argument. Continue. Outside from the fact that he's got 11 interceptions in the past two seasons. So, and and Newbin's got nine. Yeah, so he's got two more. So that's that's even better. But what was uh, what was Kinchin's passer rating against this year? You want to look that up real quick? Do you have it? Because I've got it. I want you to tell no, me why I you think a guy. Why, I, I want you to tell me why you think a guy. Because the ratings don't mean anything. Why you think a guy that had 118 passer rating against is better than a guy who had 39? Well, I'm going to. Okay. But I, I, first of all, I take all those ratings with a grain of salt because a lot of them don't make sense. <laughs> that makes sense to you. Uh huh. You already talked you about a bunch do of them that don't make sense, so I just don't look at them. They, they don't. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Great so logic. My my notes on Cameron Kinchins here. Ball mm-hmm. skills, awesome. Mm-hmm. Very physical hitter. Does he does not get turned around? No, like nobody gets got really behind him on a lot of the. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch his highlights. You know what I mean? Like he right, does a right, good right. job of you know moving backwards and keeping the game in front of him. Like it, it's awesome. His awareness is incredible. He closes quick. Dude's fast. He's going to run in the four fours. But most of mm-hmm. all, he plays with that energy, that excitement. He just he looks like he loves football, and that's why he gets a nod. I don't see so, any so because others... he shouts and the... yells after he makes a tackle when a guy gets no. a, catches a pass for thirty yards. You're happy about? I it? didn't see him shouting and yelling, or I would have moved him up to point five over one. He would have been even higher. Most, <laughs> but. Of all the safeties I talked about today, I would say Cameron Kinchins, Cole Bishop, Bo Braid, and James Williams, those three were the ones that just looked like they loved the football. You gave me they four. They love football. That's fine. You can't yeah. do numbers. That's my point. That's why you really don't have this guy at number one. You just didn't realize where you put him. You put yeah, him at number at two. Point five. Where he should he's be. at point five. Should be at number two. I, I have Kinchins at two. Here's my biggest concern is this guy went from a 90 coverage grade last year to a 65 this year. Mm-hmm. And the, the, here's I think he gets the interceptions because he tries to make big plays. And that's fine unless you give up plays Not in the tries process. to make big he, he makes big plays. Yeah, and then he also allowed 82% of the catches uh, to be made against him in coverage. So well, I'm not sure where you're coming from thinking he's amazing in coverage, dude. This well, dude, hey, can, can I say this year and he did not step up. Can I say something real quick, though? You're going to, so. Yeah, you're getting a little too worked up on this because, again, none of these guys should none of these guys are just should be drafted in the first round. No. There's not a single safety yeah. that we've talked about today that I'm pounding the table for. He's right. just my pick out of – the hand that I'm dealt. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're just having fun. But that's the thing. The Kinchins, sh- if, 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 here's a question. Is he last year's cover guy or this year's cover guy is the question. Don't or know. is he somewhere between those two? And that's the thing. We don't know. And that's part of the fun. That's one of the reasons why you know, all these evaluations are such a good time. Because this is a player who, if he came out last year, 
was which I don't think he could. Cause I'm pretty sure he's uh, it, it, at least his, that was his second year of stats. Uh, he, he would have been drafted higher because the dude just had an insane season this year. It wasn't as good when it comes to the analytics. Again, he still had the interception. So that's more my question mark comes from. Is he somebody who's uh, which which guy is he? Which part of that list does he come under? So that gets us through safeties, which was a little fun to have a little bit of agitation there at the end. But uh, the Love one thing it. we can both agree on is we have absolutely no clue how these guys are actually going to finish ranking. And as we both open the show with, this is all very likely to change. <laughs> and so we'll get into that after we get through the combine this week. And uh, we'll have plenty of notes and things to talk about, instant reactions, all that stuff. We still have two more position groups to go through before we can get to the combine, though. So we'll catch you with those next time on Draft Draft. Draft.